Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and much more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, the Kansas City Chiefs are headed back to the Super Bowl. Let's fucking go. My guy Lance over there with his stogie. How you doing, buddy? Um, what a game. I mean, we, we had, we've, done, we've done a show for, what, what, 15 games this year since week three. And that game, man, like, you know, we had, we, we, had, the, we had the Bills game. We had the Bengals game. Games that we were, were so close. Um, last week's game, even Mahomes putting the team on his back and against the Jags with the injury. But today, man, this was like kind of like a movie in, in a way. We're like, we're going to get into because there's three topics I want to go over, but it, it was kind of a redemption game within the game. So you have Brian Cook who had three shitty plays, and then he comes up big with that tip to Josh Williams with the interception. And then we're going to get to the two guys who we've on this show have, special teams-wise, two guys that we kind of, you know, maybe have talked about maybe not being the guy and – We'll get we'll get to that in a second, but Lance, congratulations, my man. We are going back to the Super Bowl, dude. I think we we've earned it, and everybody on, on our uh, chat right now, um, we've all we've all earned it. And um, Mike Nike, I, I don't know if he's a if he's a Bengals fan, but I'm um, sorry, buddy. Uh, cigar for the jabronis. Oh, for the jabronis. Okay, <laughs> I, I thought we were, I thought we were talking. I thought you were talking about us. Uh, sorry, sorry. I don't know. I was thinking about the Cincinnati Merrick bed being called a jabroni. Um, but yeah. So how how you feeling, man? Uh, congrats to everybody on the chat. We've all we've all deserved it, man. We don't really have. We we've be, we've gone through a whole year from the Tyreek Hill trade, the regression BS, to oh the Chiefs are, uh, don't have what it takes this year. You know, and look where we are. We're, we're back into a year we were supposed to take a step back. We are back into the Super Bowl. Um, so congratulations to everybody. We've earned it. We've we've been through the bullshit on Twitter, the arguments we've had with other freaking fan bases, Bills, Bengals, Chargers, all of them, the Raiders, everyone, and we're back. So um, middle finger in the air, man. Um, to all those people. Uh, so Lance, what do you what are you, <laughs> what you saw tonight, man? And how are you feeling? Well, first of all, I think you pretty much know how I'm feeling right now. I'm, <laughs> I mean, if there's a cloud higher than cloud nine, that's where I reside right now. 
<laughs> Listen, man. The the first thing I did when this happened, obviously, I was I was lucky enough to be with family and my loved ones, and the first thing that went through my mind was, this is something we can't ever take for granted. I mean, we've gotten so accustomed to it because of the Mahomes greatness, about five consecutive AFC championships being played at Kansas City and Arrowhead Stadium. But the fact that this team has gone to three Super Bowls now in five years is nothing short of incredible. We've we've gotten so desensitized to greatness through the Patriot franchise, their dynasty of 20 years of dominance. And, you know, everybody now has to go to, you know, eight, nine, ten Super Bowls. But we don't realize just how historic this run has been for the Chiefs. Not just in, in, in a wide, broad sense, but for the Chiefs franchise. Do you realize, Marcus, that before 2018, the Chiefs had nine playoff wins? They now have ten playoff wins since 2018. This is something we just cannot take for granted or take lightly. We have to enjoy this, guys. I know we can sit here and gloat about it and all this stuff. And trust me, we're going to have fun. I've been having fun on Twitter all night long since it happened. But I'm sitting here, man, and I'm just blessed, Marcus. I'm blessed because this is the best thing that could have happened to us. How lucky are we, man, that we get to be at the ages that we're at and get to witness this. I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky, dude. I'm so fortunate, and I do not take this for granted. And I am so, so freaking happy, dude, to be here getting to talk with you about our team going to three their third Super Bowl in a five-year stretch, man. This is just nothing short of awesome. And I can't wait to talk about this game with you, man, because there's so much to break down about this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things, um, you know, being through the eras that we've grown up in, uh, I think I'm a little younger than you, so I, I think my pain may have. I may have endured a little bit less than what you have as far as heartbreak and stuff, but um, you know, going through the castle years, going through the the years, which I, you know I had some fun with. You know, it's like I people talk about thick pain years. People talk about how 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 awful they were. I had, we had some fun through those years. We we found silver linings, and we had to. We had to find silver linings in those years. Um, and now it's like. You don't really have the funnest silver lining. I mean, it's like it's just it's just there. Um, and you have different fan bases who are like, oh man, you guys, Chiefs fans complain all the time about you guys want to fire Andy Reid after a loss or during the season. It's like you guys don't know how lucky you are. It's like sometimes we need a little reminder of where we came from. And that's why I think a lot of people should go back and delve into the history of the Kansas City Chiefs, especially a lot of the new fans, which I'm not dogging the new fans, but like if you weren't like that gung ho about the Chiefs before, do a little deep dive. Go, you don't have to go that far, really. Go from go go to 05 to now. You know the Javon Belcher situation. Um, you know the Romy Cornell years, the uh, Scott Pioli, you know, the, the 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 bugging the phones and in the organization. So so much crap within the last twenty years. You don't really have to go that far. I uh, just look at what we've gone through. And uh, yeah, and, uh, it's for me. It's it's weird. It's like, I was talking to my brother about this. It's like, you remember how it became a thing where it became so regular for the Patriots to go to the AFC Championship game that like Belichick was hanging the trophy off, like they didn't even give a crap about it. It's like, I wonder what point we'll get to that. And I hope we never get to that because that's a true like bad guy. Like that, that's the true like guy you root against. And I hope and, and he's classy. He's not gonna ever do that. But like I wonder what point what what point we're like because like for me, when I see it, as soon as the game was over, the Fanatics commercial came up. It's like, oh, get your uh, get your conference championship gear. And every year, like I have like my, my drawers in my room are overfilled with like the shirts we've got over the last few years. And I remember whenever we won a division, I would get the division shirts. Like, yeah, there's no way we're gonna go further and get more than that. But since this whole Mahomes run, dude, I'm like going there, getting any conference shirt that like, I, I can get my hands on that isn't sold out. And at, like, at what point am like, at what point do I stop getting this? Because like for me, it's like. You know, you have a championship window. You buy the clothes now, or otherwise, it may never happen again. That's the thing. Exactly, it may never happen again. But like, 
it's becoming to a point now it's becoming so regular. It's like, uh, maybe I may, I may have, I don't want to buy this year. Maybe I can wait another year. Um, or I'm being more selective with it. Like, let me get the, uh, the chiefs Eagles only the chiefs Eagles uh, shirt with the, uh, <laughs> the logos on it. But like, it's, it's come to a point which I thought we'd never have. And yeah. uh, we're here in that moment. And also another thing too, like getting watching us win, like the, the, at the end, how we, you know, the punt return and the kick, I got choked up a little emotional there. I, I was kind of holding back tears. I was around family. I didn't want to cry and stuff, but like, as I don't know, I, I don't know about you, but like, do you get, do you still, I mean, obviously the last five years, you've gone to the Super Bowl three times, but like, you still, I mean, you still, you're still getting emotional too, right? As Marcus, opposed, I'll, right? I'll be, to, I'll be totally transparent with you, man. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you and I, we do this because we love this, right? This is what we love. We love this team. This is something that is very important. Outside of my immediate loved ones, the Chiefs mean more to me than anything else. Straight up, man. Like, I don't spend all the time that I do breaking down film and putting out stats and numbers like I do and talking to you guys and doing a weekly show like I do if this wasn't something that meant everything to me. And I know that, that obviously, J.D. feels the same way. The man played several years with this team. I know it's in his soul and his heart and everything like that. So it means everything to us, man. And I know you say you may not have gone through some of the things I went through because I might be a few years older. But, dude, you've been through some tough times, too. Every Chiefs fan that's been around for more than 10, 15 years has had their fair share of heartbreak. And mm-hmm. it, we deserve this, man. Like we we absolutely deserve this. And yeah, man, it was very emotional for me. I didn't ball, I didn't cry. But I, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. When the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in 2019, when twenty early twenty twenty, I bawled like a baby. And I'm yeah. not one of these guys that cries all the time. But I lost it, dude, because what you think about is more than just what goes on in the field. It's about all the people that brought you into it. You know, I think about my grandfather. You know, two he did two tours in Vietnam, and the first thing he did when he came back to Kansas City when he got off uh, out of out of Vietnam was go to Chiefs games. And I remember my first memories of spending time with him and watching those games. And he passed away in 2018. He never got to see Patrick Mahomes play football. Mm -hmm. And so every big win, he's the first person that comes to my mind, man. So at a personal level, just to be transparent with you and the viewing audience here, this is why it means so much to me because of the people that meant the most to me and meant everything to them. And so I just want to just carry on that legacy of loving this team and supporting this team, but also being honest about this team because that's also a part of this, man, is that we have to be real about this team. I remember shows we've done in the past, you and I, man, when we, you know the Colts loss and frustrating losses. We've had to be honest about this team and their inefficiencies. But as, as much energy as we put into it when they're not doing the right thing, when things like tonight happen, when Butker puts this bad boy on ice, we got to give him praise, man. And trust me, it feels so much better to give him praise than to criticize him. And I am basking in it, man. This is such a great night for all of us, dude. And like I said, and I want to reiterate it, we deserve this. This is something we've all been waiting our whole lives for, and we get to do this now. Yeah. Um, got to say, uh, our guy Jason will not be on tonight. Uh, JD, if you guys didn't know, um, before we break down the stuff, uh, it should be full transparency. JD was at the uh, the college uh, bowl game, the uh, NFLPA college bowl game. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see him. I ended up taking a still of him and put it on our um, put it on our uh, our Twitter page uh, and Instagram page yesterday. Uh, I saw our guy in the background. Um, uh, so he's right now enjoying his West Coast trip. He'll be back for uh, our weekly uh, Chief Concern show during the week uh, next week. Um, so that, that'll be that, and we'll, we'll do a live stream for that on uh, Wednesday night for everybody to come on and uh, talk to JD about what's what's going on, uh, how it was the College Bowl. Um, and also a little bit about what happened tonight. Um, so JD will be on then. Uh, but for tonight, you got me and Lance breaking down some of the, the highlights of the game tonight. Um, and there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, that, that was one thing. Uh, I was, man, 
And there was one point in that game when we punted the ball back to him, and, I, and then when, oh, when Hayden Hurst caught that uh, that the catch, the first down on the third and fourteen or third and twelve, I was like, dude, I was like, I was about to text, I was like, hey, we're not doing a show tonight, man. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to talk about this because I, I was, I was on the verge of the, the other side of tears and madness. I was seeing red, yep. not the good kind of red. Um, yep. But uh, obviously, that didn't that didn't happen, man. Um, so okay, we're, we're going to talk about those three uh, topics I wanted to get at. There's a lot of things um, to discuss in, within those, but we're the three things that I made mention to. So we're going to start off with the special teams redemption, as I as I as I uh, alluded to in the beginning of the show. So Harrison Bucker, guy that was on pretty much, it was on my shit list to start off the season. We talked on the show, and then it became. More people after that, we sort of see kind of a uh, you know from like everyone's like oh it's just the injury uh, he'll get back he'll get back right soon he still continued on its trajectory where he w- it wasn't a good trajectory and then yeah Dustin Cole could come out and say oh no it's that's the whole it's Townsend's fall so there's a little bit of that um, then you get to the playoffs and all those problems go away um, and Lance has mentioned it before like he doesn't care if he's making if he's if he's missing the the, the like the fifty yards as long as he's making the extra points and during the season he was missing the extra points and. All that stuff's gotten corrected. So he came, comes out and makes the game-winning kick tonight in weather that wasn't probably ideal weather for a kicker. But to set up that kick was a guy, Sky Moore, who everyone this year was like, oh, this guy ain't it. This guy's not a punt return. We need to take him off. And we did take him off for a little bit. Tony uh, became our punt return. He got hurt during the game. Um, and we'll get to the wide receiver room being completely depleted. Um, but Sky Moore takes the like the longest kick return or punt return of his career, puts us in range to get get close to to getting a field goal. Um and it was like, holy shit. The redemption that we had in this game, it was like the story of the year. Two guys that we constantly, and not just this podcast, I'm sure every Chiefs podcast at one point had a segment where they talked about Sky Moore as being be kicked out of punt return and Harrison Bucker being gone. And these two guys came out when we needed them the most, sacked up and got us where we are now in the Super Bowl. They're not the reason why we won the game, but they are the contributing factors as to how we got to the Super Bowl. And no one will be able to tell a story without bringing up Sky Moore and Harrison Bucker. Nope. Lance, when you saw Sky Moore do that and then Harrison Bucker uh, kick the field, were you in your head like Jesus, man? Like this is this is crazy. These are two guys that like like you know that I you know I called them out. We called them out, and like they they did this for us. What was what was your reaction with them kind of redeeming themselves? Well, the first. First of all, let me say that obviously I've never doubted Sky Moore as a punt returner, right? You know, I never doubted Harrison Butker as the kicker. I've always just been in their corner about this. You know, I never, never for a second did I doubt they were going to take care of business. Marcus, this was this was everything that needed to happen. Did I want this game to be this stressful? No. I had the Chiefs going out there and making a statement in this game and winning by double digits because I thought they were going to get to Joe Burrow, and they did, and we can talk about that in a second. Yep. And that was what gave them the opportunity to pull away, and there was a lot of reasons why they didn't. But the special teams played a massive factor in why the Chiefs won this game like you just addressed. And it was these two pieces right there that did what they did to make it possible. And it's so poetic. like It really is just a very poetic like movie-style storyline that we just saw take shape on the field tonight where Sky Moore, this kid that just was frustrating all of us. And I ain't gonna lie, bro. When I heard that he was lined up to punt return, I didn't care who was, who was out. I was like, no, send a, 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 a defensive back back there. Like get McDuffie back there. I know he has some, some uh, history of that doing that stuff. Like I wanted anybody, but Sky Moore. And then when he went out there, man, with all confidence, 
got that ball and immediately jetted up the field, found the open, found the blocks, went around that that beautiful wall they set up for him, and got that get, got that gain and set Patrick Mahomes up to get Harrison Butker in field goal position. It was nothing short of incredible. And to the point of, of Harrison Butker, <coughs> you want to you want to talk about a guy having a season. Like you said, missing the first, what, I think mean, four and a half games of the season, five and a half games of the season, and struggling to kick extra points and missing those field goals that we've seen him make throughout the last five years. It was starting to wonder. I was starting to wonder, man, like, are the Chiefs going to have to move on from him? And it was a legitimate concern. I thought I was being totally fair because, as we know, when it comes to kickers, it's what have you done for us lately? I, I don't get loyal to kickers. If you don't do your job, then they need to move off because there's tons of guys out there that you can find on practice squads just like they found Harrison Butker. But what did we see against the Buffalo Bills last year when the 13 seconds happened? He went out there, nailed that kick, advanced. Now, what's awesome about this game is because of the fact that we saw Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes, and a lot of these other guys salivating for the opportunity over these last 12 months of getting another opportunity against uh, Burrow and the, and the Bengals to get their revenge. Harrison Butker was a part of that, too, because as we remember, he had an opportunity to kick a game-tying field goal in regulation last year against the Bengals, and he didn't do it. So this was a redemption for Butker as well, and I couldn't be more proud of Seven, man. He went out there, ice in his veins, had a great game. It wasn't just that kick. He was nails throughout the game. He did everything he needed to do, and that's all That's all we can ask. Just go out there, bro. Make your kicks wherever it's at on the field. And if it's a 60-yarder, obviously we're not going to blame you if you, knock, if you don't knock that one down. But when you're within 40, 45 yards like he was on that game-deciding field goal, the man put it right through the uprights. I couldn't be more proud to have that guy on this team in that moment because he is now historically putting himself in that in that category of some of the most clutch kickers in postseason history. I think if I'm not mistaken, he's only missed two field goals in his entire postseason career. So this dude is ab absolutely on a trajectory right now that if he keeps it going, man, he's going to be remembered as one of the best kickers of his generation. And I'm, I'm that's coming from me. That's coming from somebody who's been insanely critical of the man. But I love what I saw from him tonight. It was everything that the Chiefs needed, and it felt closures. If you don't want to hear it, it might trigger some people. But this is how the Patriots won back in the 2000s. They had big moments on special teams or on defense. Tom Brady would lead them down the field, and then Adam Benetieri would go and kick the game-winning field goal. This felt very Patriot-esque. And I love that we get to finally be on the receiving end of that because it felt like forever, if the Chiefs even made it in the playoffs, they were always on the receiving end of the loss. Getting a win like this was such a such an uplifter and, to me, a confidence boost for the Chiefs moving into the Super Bowl because now they know that they just got over the team that just wrecked their season last year when they should have been in the Super Bowl. Now nothing's going to stop them, man, because they feel like they can get it done because of how many players on both sides of the ball went down with injuries to them. They still made it happen, man. It was magical. Yeah, I'm seeing comments here from our guys, uh, Vegas Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, I was really nervous seeing Sky Moore returning kicks again, and then our guy Lenny Dawson. So was I, to be honest. And it's funny that, that you guys say that when they were putting the ball back to us, I looked at my brother before, you know, because we talk about being kind of like movie plot type stuff, stuff that you don't actually see happening. We, my brother and I were looking, and, and I was like, "Dude, Sky Moore's back!" Like, what well, he loves this, and he's like, "Dude, he goes, that'd be story of the season right there." Like, it's a one play of the story of the season for us, like something that we just never could, you know, never could figure out. And like, he's obviously not a power returner. Opposite happens. The guy takes it uh, thirty yards to get us into a, uh, like, you know, to give us a manageable situation, and that happened. I mean, uh, unbelievable stuff. And you're right. The um, that was very uh, patriot esque. You know what also is patriot esque? The other topic we're gonna get to. We're going to get to the pass rush in a second. I know everyone wants to eager to talk about Chris Jones, but that'll be our, our, our final topic. Uh, but our wide receiver room, 
Now the Patriots, look at the Patriots. Back in the day, you know, they had this playoffs where like David Gibbons was their main guy. Deion uh, Branch. Deion Branch. Uh, Corey um, Brown. Yeah, uh, David Patton. I mean, guys who were like, eh, like, there was a point in this game, and I tweeted it. Marcus Kemp was playing meaningful snaps <laughs> in the AFC Championship game where we were actually it was a tie game at that moment. It's like, right. wait, what? And like, Watson was sick. I mean, it was the first time I'm like, where was Watson at <laughs> all season? I, there, there's a lot of Chief fans who were big Watson fans. I wasn't the biggest fan of him, but like tonight, I was like, where the hell's Watson? And then I'm like, oh shit, he was sick all week. And then. Uh, Juju limps off. They didn't really do a good job showing Juju limp off in the game. They didn't really make a big reference of it, but it was I had to realize that, like, I think someone on Twitter was like, yeah, he limped off. He's done. Um, Juju out. Tony out. Harmon out. Um, and then we're left with uh, Sky Moore, MVS. MVS, I've been very critical of him. I don't think he's worth the money. Tip, man. He played his ass off today, man. And like, Marcus, I'll, t- I'll tell you a stat real quick. I tweeted it before our, star- our show started tonight. In MVS's last five games coming into tonight, the man had 101 total yards and a touchdown. Tonight alone, he had 116 yards and a touchdown. If you want to talk about earning your money, the man did it tonight. Look, Frank Clark, same thing, man. We talk about guys like that all the time. They go and get tons of money, and then throughout the regular season, you're like, where the hell are these guys at? It's been five, six weeks. They've done anything. And then the playoffs come around, and these guys shine bright. MVS was so, so key for the Chiefs winning tonight, man. He was nails, not even just in the touchdown, but like you said about some of these big, big plays in the middle of the field when you got to get it, when you got to get a big first down, reaching out, extending that play, which, by the way, the Chiefs should not have had to challenge that to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's funny because right after that was when they uh, when that, that play where Mahomes was down with a sack. And they, remember, they had they challenged it, but they oh, no, the officials discussed that one, and uh, they don't have to challenge it. Wait, wait. It was so obvious that it was a sack, right? Just like it was so obvious that MVS extended the ball. I mean, the guy has a – by the way, I didn't realize how, how long his reach was, but I would not want to get to a boxing ring with MVS. I mean, I would, <laughs> we're dirt weight classes altogether anyways, but I wouldn't want to get to a boxing ring with, with that guy's reach. My God. Yeah. That still of his arms sticking out like that? That's some stretch Armstrong shit, dude. <laughs> My God. Fucking Mr. Fantastic, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Um, it was that, and then the, uh, the, the, the the big catch at the beginning of the game where the, the one where kind of Mahomes kind of threw it in his outside shoulder, he had to kind of reach up for it, and that was unreal. I mean, yeah. for a guy who's a – lot, a lot of people say his contract's bloated, we overpaid for him this offseason. Yeah, there's the, I would say there's logic to that. And during the season, he really didn't do much, you know, but, like, he had a Sammy Watkins AFC Championship game moments today. I mean, that, that's what that was. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Okay, so for, for MVS is outstanding. But we talked about before, the receiver room needs needs something. Um, and I, I think it's what's funny, my brother and I were talking about this also. We, you and I have talked about DeAndre Hopkins on this show, and we've gotten some kind of slack for it. But um, we're a team that's going to the Super Bowl who you can make a major case that we should be going – we should be the top dog to go get – and the Andre Hopkins guy type guy because we don't have a wide receiver one. hundred percent. Yes. I mean, which is, which is insane by the way, we're talking about the Patriots. Yeah. They don't have, they didn't have a wide receiver one for pretty much that most of his career. Yeah. They had Edelman. Yeah. They had uh, Randy Moss those few seasons in Welker. They never had a top guy. And then like, that's, that's kind of us. You talk, talk about the special teams aspect, the defense stepping up and then not having a top guy. That is very, that is very Patriots. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this is, this is the perfect opportunity for the Chiefs to go out there and get a DeAndre Hopkins type of player. And there's no there's no coincidence that they're still at the top of the uh, Bavada odds 
to land DeAndre Hopkins because it's perfect for both sides. And the Chiefs can fit it in their cap structure coming this next year with all the extensions and players that are coming off the books. The Chiefs could have upwards of 85 to $90 million in cap space if everything goes correctly, which more likely won't happen, but they'll still have plenty of money to go out there and spend it. And DeAndre Hopkins, the beautiful thing about him is he can come in here and just play his role. He doesn't have to worry about carrying the load like he would in Arizona, where as soon as he got off of that suspension, he was immediately having to just get the ball constantly. I'm sure he wasn't complaining about that, but it took him nowhere. And that's where the Chiefs want to take him, and that's where he wants to go. And I think at this point of his career, knowing that he can help add another volume, another level to this offense. I mean, you look, you saw like we all love Kadarius Tony. We, we, we talk about how this kid's got special to him, but he can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. He's always hurt. McCall Hardman, love him to death, but you saw even some of the bad, bad route running he did tonight, and then he got hurt again, and he's mm-hmm. missed over half the season. So these are real problems. Sky Moore, we love what he did tonight, but he's not a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. And Travis Kelsey, the greatest tight end who's ever lived and is going to go down as the greatest postseason receiving player ever, is going to be 34 next season. So mm-hmm. the emphasis is on, man. You lose Tyreek Hill, and yes, you can still succeed as it's been proven, yeah. but you can't expect Patrick Mahomes to every single year go out there and try to replicate what he's done this season because that's just not how it goes. He's done everything in his power to make it work, but you, I mean, we all know, man, Brett Beach is the most one of the most aggressive GMs in this league, and he always talks about swinging for the fences. They know that they only got about 11 to 12, 13 more years of this to, to really make it happen with Patrick Mahomes. And I know that's a big window, yeah. but those, those years go by quick. And you cannot yeah. sit back and say, well, let's just let's just play conservative for three straight years. Hell no, man. Mm-hmm. They played a conservative this year and got young, and it's worked out. But that is also why you do it. So you go on the cheap for one year, and then you get all that cap money to move around this next offseason and get that stuff done, man. So I, I 100% believe the Chiefs are going to be in the mix for him. And I think that you're going to see the Chiefs be aggressive at, at edge. I think there's going to be several other positions that the Chiefs have that they're going to need, especially with Frank Clark coming off the books. Chris Jones, we don't know what's going to happen with him. The fact is, though, man, is the Chiefs are going to be aggressive this offseason. That's going to keep the window open for more, many more years to come. And I couldn't be more excited about that, man. Yeah, and I think that's a thing, too. It's like, you know, we, 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 did it. we went young this year, and we went young on the defensive side of the ball. And look at this game today. The guys who stepped up today, McDuffie, open field tackle up the wazoo. Uh, I mean, unbelievable his open field tackling today. Um Obviously, we talked about the cook, uh, you know, tip of the ball to Josh Lewis, the interception. Jalen Watson stepped up uh, last week. Um, I mean, across the, across the pretty much the entire side of the ball, besides Chris Jones and Frank Clark, it's all young guys doing their thing on these rookie deals. I mean, it's yeah. Marcus, it's just a retail. Marcus, well. you, have, you have two key contributors in Willie Gay and Legereus Sneed going down in this game pr- yeah. fairly early, I might add. Yeah. Those are two veteran players that this defense has relied on all season that have been nothing but nails when they've played. Yeah. They both go down. You're thinking, oh, my God, like this offense, this Bengals offense can make things happen, man, if they get, if they give Burrow just one extra second. And this defense, how awesome is it? You want to talk about poetry because we talk about Sky Moore, this young rookie contributor doing what he did tonight on special teams where, where he struggled all year. Mm-hmm. Remember, I'm going to give J.D. some credit here. I know he's not here, but I know he'll probably watch this. Remember when he talked about after that Bills game when I was so hot and heavy about Spags leaving Josh Williams and Jalen Watson on those islands against yeah. you know Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis and I was like why in the hell are you doing that and I to this day I still don't agree with it but <laughs> with that Marcus there was a there the, this team uh, the word that JD used was galvanized 
This team was galvanized. These young guys were galvanized. So when Legereus Sneed several weeks later gets injured and several weeks later uh, Willie Gay mm -hmm. gets hurt and these guys are called upon to be the big hitters, to be the difference makers. Trent McDuffie going out there making plays tonight, tipping the passes, making open field tackles, doing what he did, rookie. Joshua Williams, rookie. Isaiah Pacheco, rookie. Sky Moore, rookie. Joshua Williams, rookie. Jalen Watson. Mm -hmm. All the Brian Cook, like you said, tipping the ball to Joshua Williams. All rookie players. Yep. Brett Veach knocked this draft out of the damn park, man. Multiple sixth, multiple seventh-round picks. George Karloft is getting a sack. First-round pick. McDuffie, first-round pick. These guys nailed it. Tr Brett Veach nailed this draft class, man, because these guys, within five months of their NFL careers, are out here in the AFC Championship mm -hmm. making plays to put the Chiefs into the Super Bowl, man. Not every team can say they can do that, where they can go get rookies out of the bottom of the barrel in the draft. And make them into content and make them into contributors and getting their team into the Super Bowl. That's just not how it goes, man. Yep. But that's what happens here in Kansas City. So these guys absolutely stepped up, played their roles, did not let the injuries of other players shake them or crumble them. They did not crumble under the pressure. This game was tense and tight all game long, and they stayed forward and they moved forward and they pushed forward. And that's why that team's holding the Marjant trophy. Yeah, you talk about galvanizing JD. Yeah, JD was big on that. Like I, there were times on our show where I was like, ah, putting these guys in bad situations. Yeah, regular season, you know, this is what J.D. said. His, his point was this. These guys, by the time when it matters, especially with the Chiefs, we know we're going to be playing deep into January, right? These guys won't be afraid of the moment when the time comes. And like you said, I mean, today, what kind of, I mean, you, you play against the Bengals, you play against the Bills, you're playing against teams that played against during the season who bring they bring the A game against you all year long because you are the Chiefs, you are that top dog, that, that monster that everyone wants to knock off. And what happens? You play them in the biggest moments of them all in the AFC Championship game. These guys are, I mean, not to say it wasn't new to them. I mean, it was. I mean, the AFC Championship game, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the pinnacle. That's the granddaddy of them all, in a way. Um, biggest game they've ever played in. They weren't really afraid of the big lights. They, they, they've been in that situation against uh, Stephon Diggs, against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins during the season. Um, so, like, when it mattered the most, they were there, and they they, they didn't they didn't bat an eye at it. They, they, they embraced that situation like J.D. said it was going to happen. Um yeah, JD, uh, we, we call him Dunstradamus on the show for a reason. You know that, right? That was like, <laughs> um, okay, so sticking with the defensive side of the ball, um, and, we'll, we'll, and on the Chief Concern show, and I'm sure Lance's show will go into needing these two weeks off for the wide receiver room to get healthy again because, I don't know, it's a, it's, a, it's going to be a tough mountain to climb with that if a lot of those guys are still hurt uh, going into um, uh, the Super Bowl. But Chris Jones, man, um, you watched the national anthem. You see, he was crying. You saw his press conference uh, two days ago, um, saying "See you all, Burrowhead." And then, obviously, after the game, Travis Kelsey said, Bur uh, "Burrowhead, my ass," or whatever. It's obvious the bulletin board material worked in our favor this week. They, the Bengals, did not help themselves. Um, but and then the mayor of Cincinnati didn't help himself either. But Chris Jones came into Burrowhead and he conquered it. And he planted the airhead flag back in uh, the GHA airhead field. Um, first career playoff sack today. Um, two of them uh, was held all night. He probably would have had more if it wasn't held. Um, that intentional grounding. Uh, if he held out to that ball, uh, that was going to be his third sack. Um, I mean, Chris Jones was just an animal tonight. And I think he knew he was going to be bringing his A game tonight. He, that, that man was crying in the national anthem. That was that was tears of like I, I I want this bad and I'm gonna get it and, and he's made he's made a ploy he's made a plan since last year when he thought he could have had multiple sacks in that uh, that that Bengals game where he had him with the grasps and he, and he let him go he, he couldn't close the sack couldn't close the deal in the sack 
that's been on hitting on his mind as much as fans we are and we we, we think about this shit all day long we can't sleep for weeks we don't i wasn't planning on watching the hot take shows tomorrow but i will now but oh, yeah. as much as we cannot why when we lose we can't watch these shows and stuff you think these guys can all the Chris Jones has thought about for the last year is getting Joe Burrow in, in, in his grasp and not being able to take him down. He was able to come in to Burrowhead, uh, take back Burrowhead to make an airhead again, and put uh, Joe Burrow on his ass multiple times during this game tonight and was the biggest – Mahomes is one thing on the offensive side of the ball, but without the defense tonight, with the way they stepped up and all from that man getting the pressure up front, I mean, like, without Chris Jones, this team is not – Probably a playoffs, but definitely not where we are right now. Uh, and Chris Jones has been worth every penny. And obviously, we're going to get into the extension talk at some point in the offseason. But extend his ass, keep him in Kansas City for as long as possible uh, because he, he's, he's earned it. And um, wow, I mean, I, I can't say enough about his performance. Can you, <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot to say on uh, on Chris Jones. Yeah. I definitely do. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the, in the position of Chris Jones because being a fan, it hurt to see how many opportunities the Chiefs had to beat the the Bengals and how they had a massive lead in the AFC Championship last year. And one of the key plays was obviously Chris Jones not bringing Joe Burrow down, and that would have decided the game ultimately if he had brought him down. I'm trying to put myself in his mind of, imagine sitting here for 12 months knowing that is what just replays in your brain over and over. Every practice, every snap, every post game, every press conference, everything that you've done this entire season, you've thought about that moment. And I saw something in Chris Jones this week when he was doing that press conference. He mentioned Burrow at three different times. It wasn't his words that I was paying attention to. It was his eyes. I saw some. It was like it was literally like watching LeBron James in that Celtics game about ten years ago when he had his hands on his knees and he was just looking so pissed off and he just went off in that game, dropped forty-five and fifteen. This was Chris Jones' LeBron James moment. And I said, I said on our show this week, I said, look, the stats are there. In games this year that the Bengals have allowed Joe Burrow to get sacked five or more times, they were 0-3, and they were averaging about 16 points a game. And then, and then the Chiefs, on their defensive side, we know that how, how much better their pass rush got this year from having 31 sacks last season, 29th overall, to being second overall with almost twice as many with 55 this season. Joe Colon coming over here, the defensive line coach, made a lot of a lot of impact. We can talk about that at another time. But Chris Jones in particular, having 15 and a half sacks this season, an all-pro year. I said on our show this, this week, I predicted it, and I freaking nailed it, Marcus. I said that the Chiefs were going to have five-plus sacks in this game. That was going to be the deciding factor. Chris Jones is going to be the reason the Chiefs win this damn game. And that is exactly what happened. Because this was an over-my-dead-body kind of game for a guy like Chris Jones, who not only had 12 months to think about this opportunity to present itself again, he would make, he would make the most of it if it happened again. But it's also the fact is what you, you talked about this whole offseason. We know that Chris Jones wants to get paid. And if he has a game like he had tonight, he was going to get paid. Well, guess what? He had that game. <laughs> and now what we have to talk about, Marcus, being a guy that's been in this league now for about, what, seven years? Chris Jones now put himself in the Hall of Fame category. Now it's not hyperbolic to sit here and say that Chris Jones could very well be a Hall of Fame player because it isn't just about the stats. What do we know about players that get into the Hall of Fame? Even guys like Terrell Davis that had like two great seasons. What right. did Terrell Davis do in the postseasons? He helped lead the Broncos to Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. What has Chris jo Jones done over the last three or four years? He's helped lead the Chiefs to Super Bowls. Now mm -hmm. I understand this is the first time he got into the sack column in his postseason career. This was his 14th postseason game. 
But if we know anything about that Super Bowl against the 49ers in 2019, Chris Jones was a madman in that one, too. He didn't mm -hmm. get a sack, but he was batting balls down. He was getting pressures. He was knocking Jimmy Garoppolo down. He was getting tackles for losses. He was making impact. But this game is the best game that Chris Jones has ever had in his career, in my opinion, because it never meant more. It never mattered more than it did right here, right now. And he was the reason. He was the key catalyst. I'm sure we can talk about Patrick Mahomes, and trust me, I got takes on what Patrick Mahomes did tonight. But if it wasn't for Chris Jones, the Chiefs do not win this game tonight because mm -hmm. he made everything easier. Even when he didn't get the sack, you saw the double teams on him. Carl Loftus gets open. You see the double teams on him. Frank Clark gets open. You see the double teams get on him. Carl uh, George, uh, Carlos Dunlap and Mike Dana is getting open. He made everything easier for everybody else, and he put the team on his back at times, and he did not fail. And Chris Jones has now put himself in a category to break the bank, whether it's here in Kansas City or not. He's about to get paid, man, and he's about to put himself in a category that might make himself might might put him in Canton one day. One hundred percent. I mean, I think he gets a. I think he gets another ring. I think if we get another ring, I think we're talking about a lot of these guys uh, putting themselves in Canton. I think we'll have, you know, all the time I had Kelsey Mahomes, um, Jones. Um, well, obviously Jones, has, Jones has to kind of continue what he's doing right now, um, yep. in order to do that in which I, I think he should, um, uh, I know people try, people, people try to say Matthew should be a hall, a hall of fame conversation. I think if he stayed maybe, uh, but I don't, I, I still don't think so. I, we, 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 this could be off season chatter for us, but, um, yeah, honestly, man, like I think his play and you can talk about it, what, what he does, you know, demanding double teams. You have that Frank Clark going off for one and a half sacks today. I mean, dude, a guy third all time, third all time. It's unreal. It, it's unreal because that, that's another guy we talked about. Butker, we talked about Sky Morris, and Fred Clark was like, you know, like you know, he's gonna obviously. Uh, JD and I talk about it. You know, the amount of stomach ailments that he has, we, we might there might be something underlying there because no one has that many stomach ailments during 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 a year and the last, last few years he's had them. Um, so I, obviously, I hope whatever's going on. But that's the thing. The best ability is availability, and yeah. Frank Clark hasn't hadn't been that for us. Um, and also, I mean, his numbers weren't living up to that contract. But we're getting to January, and he's coming alive again. Um, and it's like, okay, well, hopefully we can restructure that and bring him back next year, uh, because it's like what he what he's what he's doing. Obviously, he's capitalizing off for, uh, Chris Jones' double teams, which that's what he should be doing, right? As a, as an elite edge rusher, the guy's getting paid a lot of money. You should be capitalizing when one of your guys in your defensive lines dominate. But also, we want to talk about team as a line. Carl Loftus uh, dominated tonight. Um, I mean, he's showing his growth. Another rookie, another rookie who's, who's showing his growth from from year from week one to, to now. Um, and a guy who underrated man, and I think they, uh, Tony Romo and Nance highlighted him today. Mike Dan is showing that he can do a lot. But Stephen, you saw him during the year. We put him at D tackle, DN. We're kind of using him, utilizing him all over the place. But like. We saw Mike Dana really come alive in, in these playoffs last week against Jacksonville, and then this week again, man, like kind of Swiss Army knife uh, sorts on defense. And like, I can't imagine what this defense would look like without Mike Dana. So it's like that's a guy that you know maybe we don't need to go as much. I think we need to go for get an edge rusher this offseason. Maybe go and get another Carlos Dunlap type this offseason. Maybe two, maybe two vet types. But like, I think we Mike Dana. I mean, he's really showed his worth to this defense. Let's say you and Mike Dana and uh, some of the other guys in the defensive line. Look, I mean, right now I want to sit here and just praise these guys and say that I love the fact they're on the team. I do think, though, that the Chiefs do need to upgrade at defensive end and edge rush. I, I do believe that they still can do that. I think Mike Dana definitely has a role on this team. I do believe he'll be back next season. The Frank Clark one's a little tricky. He'll be 30 years old next year. Mm. Um and, and the health concerns are a legitimate problem. But here's the funny thing, and I, I said it on our show this week, Frank Clark is Robert Ory. 
he, he won't be special throughout the regular season. He doesn't really do anything of, of real note. And then when it comes to big playoff games, Big Shot Bob does what? Knocks yeah. a big three, clutch three. Frank Clark, through the last three or four postseason runs, man, he's done nothing but be nails. He goes out there and gets sacks. He goes out there and makes things difficult. And the cool thing about tonight, man, is that they were going against an they were going in an offensive line that was down not only three offensive linemen. They were, they were down their three best offensive linemen. They're both both their tackles and their best guard. One of the best guards in football in Alex Kappa. And I said this was a zero excuses game for this Chiefs defense. You can't have the season this defense had uh, on sacks and, and quarterback pressures, hits, all those things. They're in the top two, top three in all these categories. And then go out there against this offensive line and not go back there and wreak havoc against an immo a mostly immobile Joe, Joe Burrow, a pocket-passing quarterback that everyone wants to gloat as the next Tom Brady. And Frank Clark and Chris Jones went out there and realized this was their opportunity to put a stamp and say, we're going to win this game for a hobbled Patrick Mahomes and a broke-down offense that could not get a lot going deep into the game. They're the ones that saved this game. So as much as I want to say that Frank Clark should stay here, if they can figure out a way to keep him here on a cheaper deal, I'm all for it. But I do believe the Chiefs can make some upgrades this offseason, whether it is going and signing a guy and spending some money. That's not something they did this offseason, which tends – Tends to make make me believe they're going to utilize that money this offseason. But I do believe they're going to answer that in the in the draft as well because you see the Chiefs are stockpiling draft picks, which means that I think because of the fact they rebuilt their entire secondary this last draft, I think this draft coming up they're going to rebuild their front seven because some guys will be coming off the books. And I feel like, the, in my opinion, and maybe this is an unpopular one because of what just happened like an hour and a half ago, I do think this is like that last hurrah, like the last dance for this defense as currently constructed. Because I think there are going to be a couple guys, at least a couple guys, that won't be here next season. I do think at this current juncture and this current time that Frank Clark will probably be one of those guys. But he's earned his opportunities, man. If he gets another opportunity to stay here in Kansas City, I'm not going to fight you. Because I, I've been one of those guys that have been kind of like, man, I, I think we should have just kind of cut ties with Frank Clark this last offseason. But he's proving why this team believed in him and gave him another opportunity to stay here in Kansas City. Because when it matters... He's big shot Bob, man, for this defense, and he made some big plays these last two games. And I have no reason to believe, even against an elite offensive line like the Eagles coming up, there's no reason for me to believe that Frank Clark can't make a couple of plays that can help uh, the Chiefs hold their second Lombardi in five years. Yeah, I mean, and you also talk about the draft pick aspect of it. I mean, it's if I, I guess um, if Bianami goes to a team, if he's hired as a head coach, we'll get to receive a second or a third round comp pick for, for him. Mm -hmm. But. That was all something that I still reported today. That we even I reported that he might make a lateral move and go elsewhere, be OC somewhere. So that's going to be interesting to watch to see how that happens. And, and I, I believe we don't get anything if that happens. Uh, if you become an, if you go from being an assistant coach to another assistant coach elsewhere, I don't think you get a comp pick for that. So that would be that would be a gut punch to us, I, I think, in a way, in in a, in, a, in, a, in that kind of way. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot to get into. Um, before we go here, I know we're it's uh, almost uh, midnight and uh, East Coast time. For me, um, us weaklings over here on the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> um, Mahomes, obviously, his performance tonight. Um, I mean, what, what more can you say? It. I think that I thought tonight um, showed, and I know people are huge Pacheco fans. I think Pacheco was great. I think we do need. To, I, I think Pacheco is more of a short yardage back, not a full time guy. He played great. Caught some, caught some balls in the backfield, um, but like ten carries, twenty six yards. Uh, we couldn't get, we couldn't get shit going on the on the ground game today. Um, which I don't know if that was Bengals playing. I, I need to watch the game back. 
I don't know if that was Bengals stacking a box against us because they knew they weren't afraid of Mahomes rolling out and doing his thing tonight. But Mahomes played it fucking his ass off tonight. Um, anyway, numbers here uh 326 yards on 29 of 43 passes i mean he played it he plays ass off um but i, I think running the ball i think something needs to something has got to give there um we didn't really do much on the ground game at all this is what that's why i was i was like dude we're not winning this game right now we're, we're, we're have to rely on Mahomes on one leg uh with guys like marcus camp i had i i didn't think there was a chance in hell we were winning this game tonight I, I, that's why i was like, so mad this was that this was going to happen we were going to come down this far and we were going to be without with Kelsey on 75%, Mahomes one leg, Marcus Camp catching balls, not being able to run the ball. I, I was so furious for a little bit there, but I think what Mahomes did tonight just showed you why he is so special, specifically that that last run at the end. Um, there was a point in the game where I looked at my brother, I was like, you know, I think I was like, I could see, I don't think it's gonna happen, I could see it where Mahomes all of a sudden, I don't know where it freaking takes off. And he takes off at the end on that on that last run, and it's like holy shit. And then they, you know. Uh, people online are trying to say that wasn't a uh, penalty, but it clearly was. You got to bounce like two, two steps out of bounds already. You, you don't do that, especially a high profile quarterback, too, because you know quarterbacks like that are, are going to get those calls, right. especially when they're out of bounds anyway. Uh, talk to me about Mahomes' performance and what you what, I mean, what continues to be in the story, storybook career for him and an, another element, another chapter in that book. Well, first of all, let me address that penalty. Um, if people really want to sit here and speculate as to why Patrick Mahomes got that penalty, I highly recommend you visit an optometrist this week because he was two steps out of bounds and he was shoved violently. He did sell it, but that's not his fault. You shove him out of bounds when he's already out of bounds, he has every right to sell it because we've seen the Chiefs suffer that consequence as well this season. And furthermore, for being a superstar quarterback, do you realize that Patrick Mahomes all season long got two roughing the passer penalties? Two. He got two penalties this entire season. So he doesn't get the superstar treatment. So that wasn't superstar treatment. That was a very fundamental and right call. And mm -hmm. yes, it's easier for me to say that because I'm a Chiefs fan that benefited them and it put them in field goal range. But that's still the facts. That's still what happened. And the Bengal, the Bengal player that pushed him was crying on the sidelines because he knew he, he effed up. That yep. was on him. But to Patrick Mahomes' greatness, this is why I've been saying for two years unashamed this is the best quarterback I've ever seen play football, and I think he is the best quarterback who's ever played football because of the fact that he can do things, not only all this stuff aside about being magical and doing the stuff that no one else can do, it's about moments like this. It's the fact that Tom Brady's the most successful quarterback who's ever lived, but Tom Brady doesn't have moments. If you look throughout his playoff career, it's a, a handoff that ends up getting the game-winning touchdown, a field goal, a defensive stop, things of that nature. When have we ever seen Tom Brady go out there on one leg and win not one but two playoff games? You don't see it. And the mm -hmm. magnitude of this game against a team that has beaten the Chiefs three consecutive times based upon what? Mistakes the Chiefs have made. Lack of execution. Patrick Mahomes goes out there and not only does it with an injury, a legitimate injury, but does it with a team that before halftime, he lost his two most important receivers, and McCole Hartman already goes down. I think it's in the early third quarter or second quarter. I remember what it was, but he's down three weapons. Travis Kelsey was a game-time decision. And Patrick Mahomes goes out there and completes 64% of his passes, throws for 326 yards, two touchdowns, and a 105 quarterback rating. This is stuff of legends, man. Heroes get remembered, legends never die from the Sandlot. That is, a, that is something I have at the beginning of my show because that's what Patrick Mahomes is, man. He is a legend. He does this stuff no matter what the stage is. 
It could be a regular season game. It could be the Super Bowl. And he does things like this like he was born to do it, man. It, 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 it's, it's something special. I remember talking to his dad several times, Pat Sr., and he always talks about players make plays. It's something he's instilled in his son for many, many years. Growing up around clubhouses, around great baseball players throughout the years, seeing the culture, understanding the culture of what it means to be a winner in pro sports. That stuff has been built into this man for over 25 years. And it's no coincidence to me that he's doing what he's done at an unprecedented level. Tonight, at 27 years old, has already tied Dan Marino for eighth most touchdown passes in postseason history. He's less than 55 yards away from tying Kurt Warner for eighth most uh, passing yards in postseason history. The man is not even in his prime yet, Marcus. We have not even seen wow. the best of Patrick Mahomes yet. And again, he's doing this with a depleted talent group around him. He didn't have Tyreek Hill tonight. He didn't have Tyreek Hill this whole damn season. And he's out here going and outperforming people that he that, that were, were throwing all this. I mean, you heard all week long, and I let people talk because this is the week where I said, you know what? This is a worthy opponent. The Bengals are a worthy opponent. They've beaten them three times. We can let them talk. We can let everyone pick them. But I know who we have here at, our, as our quarterback, and I believe that guy to the end to the end of time until he shows me he can no longer do it. We're far away from that, Marcus. We got many years left of this stuff, and I'm again. The beginning of what I said tonight was I'm not taking this for granted because for all I know, this could very well be the last time we host the AFC Championship. This could very well be the last time we see our team in the Super Bowl. I highly doubt it. You know why that is? Because of what that guy just did tonight. All these years we've heard about, oh, well, of course he's doing this. Look at the players he's got around him. Well, he had a depleted damn roster around him tonight, and he had one of his best postseason games to date. And I don't take this guy lightly. I don't take what he does lightly. And I think that he showed the world tonight that you cannot compare any other quarterback to him. I'm so sick and tired of hearing about, well, Joe Burrow, if he wins this game, that means he's going to take over as the top dog. Well, I don't know. Josh Allen, man, he can you know do some fun plays and run out, run out of the pocket and look like Cam Newton sometimes. Where are those guys at? Where are those guys at right now, Marcus? They're sitting on their asses and they're about to watch Patrick Mahomes play in his third Super Bowl. He has as many Super Bowl appearances as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers combined. And he's 27, Marcus. We can't, we, there, you can't compare him to anybody because there's no one that you can compare him to. He is in a tier of his own, both currently and historically. And he's ours, Marcus. Couldn't be happier, bro. Yeah, all those guys. I think they're all booking a flight to uh, Cancun, Cancun on uh, on three. As uh, as Eli Apple tweeted at uh, who did he tweet? Who was a Buffalo Bills player? He tweeted that too last week. Was that Diggs? Uh, he was talking. To, he was talking to Stephon Diggs and Shaq Lawson. Right, that's right. That's like Shaq Lawson. Um, yeah, I mean, you say all those numbers he had tonight. He also did that, and I want to highlight this as well because a quarterback it makes life easier when you have a running game. His running game accounted for 15 carries for 27 yards tonight. Uh, I also want to add, Marcus, the Chiefs are now 55-3 and three in games that Patrick Mahomes – in the Patrick Mahomes era when they hold their opponent to less than 27 points. Uh, unreal. That's, I mean, that's, that's another thing to not take it for granted. And stats like that, numbers like that, which would like would seem like, 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 a, BS, like a BS stat someone tells us into the future. is like, hey, if you notice this is going to happen in five years down the road. It's like, you know, you don't, you don't believe it. But the, I want to look at the, 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 the rushing game tonight. So Pacheco had 10 carries for 26 yards. McKinnon four carries one yard. Ronald Jones one carry zero yard. So like I mean, he had no help from the running game tonight. It was literally all him. And I thought we were going to make a more of an impact on the ground tonight. We just did, they didn't at all. Um, and Mahomes did it with guys like Marcus Kemp. Um, well, to yeah. to the to the Bengals credit, man, Lou and Anamiro. I always mess his name up. 
But their DC over in Cincinnati is an absolute genius. And yeah. he had a great game plan tonight. He was basically telling Patrick Mahomes, we're going to stack the box. You're not going to get these short intermediate passes, and we're going to make your running game earn every single yard. And that's what happened. So yeah. he made life very difficult for Patrick Mahomes. And yet, like you said, meaningful minutes from Marcus Kemp, MVS being their leading receiver, and it didn't stop him. You you can't stop this man. Like whenever you think the chips are all against him, he pushes everything forward and he get, he does that rounders move where you got to pay the man his money, dude, because he went out there and got the chips in his favor. And there's just no there's no way you can explain. It'd be one thing if he still had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all these guys clicking on all cylinders. People could try to take that away from him in previous playoffs. What can you say now? What can you say now? Because like you just said. He got literally nothing out of his run game, and Andy Reid really didn't do him any favors because they weren't really finding ways to get creative with the run game. It was a very blocky, choppy style of running they were doing. It just didn't really make a lot of sense, and it just, it just didn't matter at the end of the game, man, because Patrick Mahomes put them in position to win the game, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, also another thing I thought was interesting too, like just talking about Mahomes, like after the game, like Mahomes used to get involved in the, that, that, uh, that petty talk. But he met, he mentioned something about Burrowhead. He mentioned the Burrowhead thing, which I think that got on a lot of guys' skin. He mentioned the Burrowhead thing twice. Once when he talked to um, what's her name? Uh, the, the reporter. Um, it was a it was a silent reporter for CBS. Tracy Wolfson. Tra Tracy Wolfson. And then during the trophy ceremony, he mentioned again Burrowhead. Uh, but then he also uh, mentioned with, with Tracy Wolfson the uh, the cigar. He's I, I, I need to find a cigar. Or we, I don't think we have cigars or anything. But a, a nice little shot at Burrow for you know you know. Their celebration they always do whenever they win a game. How about when he's walking in the when he was walking in the stadium? Uh, Aaron Ladd from KCTV Five has the video, and you can't tell me this wasn't intentional. He's walking in with his glasses on. His glasses aren't down, and he walks in. and He's doing this bad boy. He's pushing his glasses up with his middle finger. This uh, man was ready for war tonight, buddy. <laughs> this man was ready for it. war tonight. He was locked yep. in. He also tweeted it after the game, like a couple an hour ago. Um, the, the 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 famous bowler. Who do you think you are? I am Jif. That was what he tweeted. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. And he also tweeted uh, some love for the, the the trainer who helped him get right for this game. So uh, you give a credit. For, give a credit for the people who are behind the scenes because that's, that's one thing too. A lot, a lot of these guys, you know, it's like when you watch TV and stuff. There's a lot of stuff and production crew that goes on behind the scenes. You see the video and action stuff. There's the people who make these guys look great uh, and all that stuff. And then on top of that. You had uh, you had the guys like the, the training room, the athletic trainers uh, that help these players get right for these games as right as they can in a, in a long season like this. But um, yeah, honestly, it's a special time uh, to be a Chiefs fan. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of hate this week. We're already seeing it on on uh, the Chief Concerns Twitter from uh, Bengals fans uh, calling us, you know, words like cunts and stuff, and you know, loving loving officiating and all that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, and like every other fan, you have to deal with the shitty calls, and you you have to take. Take it, whatever you cry about it, and then sometimes you get your be the, the beneficiary of calls. Hey, um, if you guys could send me your addresses, I have a life life a long size a box of Kleenexes. I can send that to you guys so you can deal with your your, your sadness. Seriously, I, I think a lot of people need to go to Costco and get themselves a bulk pack of uh, Kleenexes <laughs> and, and keep around for a little bit because this Kansas City Chiefs team is not going anywhere. You're gonna have to come through the squad. Um, Lance, it was amazing having to be able to rejoice and celebrate this emotional AFC championship game. Uh, yet, yet another one in the long line. In the what did you say, eleven to sixteen year window for Mahomes? So easily. This, well, we have, we have eleven to sixteen more years of this. So 
I, I can't wait to enjoy some more of these as, as we continue to go along. But before we get to that, we got the Andy Reid Bowl or the, the Travis Kelsey Bowl or the New Heights Bowl, the Dick Vermeil Bowl, the Jason Dunn Bowl. There's a lot. JD and I were talking this week. There's a lot of Eagles and Chiefs connections. Um, yeah. If, if you think about the history and, and, and stuff. Um, so we'll obviously get into that. Um, uh, this week for the Chief Concerns Show, uh, JD will be back uh, Wednesday night. We'll have a live stream. Um, Lance, what do you guys what, what do you guys have on tap for us uh, next Saturday? Anything well, good? Well, I, I guess we'll just go ahead and celebrate this victory and talk a little bit about you know what we're witnessing here, as we've talked about briefly on this show tonight. And I'm really just going to dive deep into this matchup, man, because I mean, obviously we're going to enjoy this victory for the Bengals, as I said, but. The Chiefs got a big opponent coming up, and like you said, there's a lot of storylines attached to this one, man. And honestly, I can't thank the Eagles fr franchise enough for firing Andy Reid 10, 12 years ago because they wouldn't have done that, man. I don't know where we're at right now, but I will tell you this. We don't got Patrick Mahomes if it wasn't for Andy Reid getting fired and coming to Kansas City and Clark Hunt flying him into Kansas City. We're not, we're not going to let you go anywhere else because I know the Cardinals and the Chargers and a few other franchises were trying to get Andy Reid. Clark Hunt went out and got him, and that changed the entire trajectory of this franchise's history. And like I said, nine playoff wins from the 1960s all the way to 2017, and they got 10 playoff victories in the last five seasons. That's nothing short of incredible, and it all started with Andy Reid coming to Kansas City. So we've got a great thing going here, man. So we're going to definitely be talking about that. You guys can find us every single Saturday at the Spoken Podcast on YouTube. Twitter live stream, Facebook live stream on Saturdays, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. And we're going to talk a lot of Chiefs. You better believe it, guys. Like I said, do not take this for granted, fans, because this is something special. and We need to enjoy this because these things don't come around. Every franchise don't get opportunities like this. You see the Bengals. They got Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow isn't getting them to multiple Super Bowls, three Super Bowls yet. He hasn't done that yet. The Bills, they went to four straight Super Bowls in the 90s and lost all four of them. The Chiefs are in a very, very special class in the history of the NFL, and we need to enjoy this because, like I said, this is a very rare thing. It's a very special thing, and we're lucky to be here doing this, man. And I'm, I'm lucky to be talking to Marcus and JD and you guys to talk about this football team because, I mean, I, I just feel like the luckiest guy in the world, bro, being this, being the age that I am and being able to talk about this team and enjoy this team the way that we are. I could have been, I could have been born in the 60s never got to enjoy this the way that we get to now. I'm very lucky. We're very lucky. Y'all are very lucky to enjoy this. Yeah, no, I I can't say any better than you. Yeah, we're, we're we're very lucky. I mean, like, yeah, and that's the thing. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Obviously, look, my papa has a huge 76ers fan, and I actually have a bet. Uh, I had a Chiefs winning the AFC, and I had the Sixers winning the Eastern Conference. Half that bet's done, man. All I need is all I need is the Sixers to win the um the East, and I'll, I'll be good. But yeah, it's a, it's not every year where you can you know. And every year we have we're in the we're in the, we're in the championship conversation. And I remember so many years, like even being talked about as a, as a topic on one of these hot take shows was like a big deal. But now it's like we are a topic every week, and obviously it's some bullshit hyperbolic nonsense. Oh, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes wins needs to win this game or else he's not the best quarterback in the league. It's like, yeah, obviously like it's dumb topics, but like hey, we're being talked about all the time now. It's like. It's now it's like, you know, that's just, that's how it is. You know, we are yep. in that conversation. So it's, it's a fun time as a fan, as a sports fan to, uh, to be, to, to be a part of that. So yeah, you guys can follow uh, Lance on the spoken podcast, YouTube uh, podcast, uh, Apple, anywhere you, you get your podcast. And then also with us, chief concerns, uh, Thursday, we usually have our show, but Wednesday night we're going to do a live stream with uh, me and JD, and we'll uh, talk about everything uh, that we saw tonight. Um, so yeah, so we'll see you guys. Um, and we hope everyone enjoys Everyone needs to relax after tonight. I think everyone's got a little more gray hairs. I got some more gray hairs on my sides. <laughs> um, everyone needs to relax. Maybe go to a spa, relax, and just uh, 
you know, deep uh, debrief, and then and then next week we can pick back up for the, the Super Bowl uh, two weeks, pick back up for the Super Bowl, and uh, get ready for that one because that might be another another one. Uh, obviously, another uh, another head scratch or another one that's going to make us more uh, go gray and uh, lose some hair on that one. So, uh, so enjoy the week off for everybody as fans, and um, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. And also go from that. Buy yourself some uh, conference, uh, sort of AFC conference championship shirts because those are, you know, you, ne- you never know. Like we said, yeah. the window could close tomorrow and that's it. But like, enjoy it and get, get as much gear as possible because you never know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we'll see you guys on uh, Wednesday night for our show and you'll see uh, uh, Lance on the Spoken Podcast Saturday. So, we'll love you, MD. Love you, buddy. How you going, buddy? See you guys. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.